everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Sippin' on Rosé with your two favorite girls, Maida and Denise. Hey everyone, so for this episode, I came up with the idea. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> Um, so I just kind of want to give a little backstory before we like kind of get into it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel just like with everything happening, you know, us being stuck at home, um, I felt like I've been going through a lot of family issues. Because we're stuck with our families. Yeah. Yeah. Especially me right now. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, and I started noticing that like, I'm not the only person that goes through family issues and it was kind of a reliever when we got with our line sisters and we were just talking about our lives and everything we were going through and it just was very comforting to know that like my family isn't perfect that I'm you know there's other people going through similar situations and um, I kind of wanted to bring someone in who has that you know educational background to give us a little bit more insight mm-hmm. on this top this topic so um we went to go look for somebody <laughs> <laughs> um and we found somebody awesome she's our sorority sister and um do you want to introduce yourself yeah so i'm marcella and like they said i'm one of their sorority sisters um i graduated from depaul in 2018 and i studied psychology as well as sociology i did a double major and i just graduated a couple months ago from my master's program and i'm a couples and family therapist um i graduated from adler university and now i'm working in my field um well i start on the seventh but i do have one year under my belt of practicing Couples and family therapy. That's awesome. Well, first, congratulations Thank on graduating, especially <laughs> through this uh, pandemic. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. I did attend Prop- Zoom University <gasps> for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Props to you yeah. because yeah. it's it's some tough times. So yeah. with everything going on and being stuck at home and just all the struggles, and still you were able to get your education. Snaps. Props to you. Thank yeah, you so much. Awesome. Definitely. Um, do you kind of want to like go into a lot? Cause like before we started recording, I I was like asking so many questions. I know. So. We should have recorded that. <laughs> I know we should have, but, um, do you want to kind of talk like what you do currently? Um, like what age group you work mm-hmm. with and things like that. Sure. So in my previous or most recent rather experience I've been working with adolescent clients Mm -hmm. so that's anywhere from like 10 to even 19 I think textbooks are now saying that adolescence goes into like 23 um based on brain development and all of that that. yeah that was interesting to find out (laughs) weird right (laughs) makes sense I remember because I read that and then my brother he's 21 I was like you adolescent he's like I'm 21 I'm like no actually (laughs) nowadays exactly yeah there's a lot of new things coming out um with you know all the advancements in 
science and just mental just when health. you think you're up to date right like something new happens and then you have to learn all about it exactly <laughs> so yeah i work with adolescents um i do have experience working with children as well as i do have experience working with um senior citizens but i think adolescents are kind of where i feel most comfortable that's mm-hmm. what i have the most experience with and what i did with them was um just kind of help them through their adolescent journey it's a really difficult one in terms of um just the developmental stage Mm -hmm. that they're going through there's not a lot of agency or autonomy because they're obviously very reliant on their parental figure um so that kind of leaves them lacking a lot of independence and that's hard at a point in your life where that's kind of all you want um so i worked a lot on boundaries on effective communication, on parenting techniques. What else? More than anything, I think it was communication. So allowing them to be able to have the words to communicate what they were feeling. Oftentimes, I've noticed that not even just adolescents, just people in general, we don't have the words to communicate what we're feeling Mm -hmm. because not all of us sit around and think about and like try to put it into words. when we're going through something we just know that we're experiencing that thing and then we keep moving forward Mm -hmm. with it so one thing that i was able to do with my clients was sit there and talk it all out so then we could arrange a coherent just understanding of what they were going through Mm -hmm. and then possibly transfer that information over to the parent um to work something out But also, what I was also doing on top of that um, was giving definitions, psychoeducation, allowing the client to be validated in what they were feeling. So a little bit earlier, we were talking about you felt that somebody was trying to communicate something to you and that they couldn't or that nobody would let them or, you know. So in that case, that person may have felt gaslighted i don't know if you're familiar with that term i think that there's yeah. a lot of terminology that's coming out now yeah with social media yeah. which is great but it's also kind of like ah like because then it's just being thrown yes. around yep yes. that's so true yeah that's so true. there's a lot of um yeah so in that case i would explain what gaslighting is i would validate you know that what they're experiencing is actually happening that it's not all in their head um i would explore what that made them feel like and then i would try to figure out what they wanted to do with it moving forward. I'm all about agency when it comes to my clients. I'm very focused on what they want to do and mm-hmm. not what I think is best for them. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, teenagers, that's what they need. Yeah. This is a tough world. And um, even, I, I obviously, I work with teenagers as well. And I felt I had it hard at times, but, oh, goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these Gen Zs, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not so I think that and I'm grateful that they have you know people as yourself to just kind of like you said hear them out validate them um just help them be the best version of themselves Mm -hmm. so I think that's so great thank you yeah I try my best yeah (laughs) I I mean honestly I kind of like wanted you to come here to analyze my situation um but uh, I also know that we wanted to talk about, like, family therapy in general. Yes. Like, how the importance of it is. Because I know, Denise, you just do individual. I do individual. I do okay. a couple of family sessions because I kind of have to. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I do individual therapy, correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then why would it be beneficial 
to have family therapies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that kind of taps into why I came into the field to begin with. I'm Mexican-American, first generation, so I am extremely close to my family. Um, although I have been working on my individualism, individualism, yeah, just my mm-hmm. individuality, it's been uh, a tough journey to navigate when you belong to such a collectivistic culture. And part of the reason that I went into mental health um, was having to do with people I love and care about dealing with mental health issues and struggles. And um, so I turned to the strongest bonds, um, the strongest, you know, support system or anything really that I found could provide me with an answer. And I was under the impression that that would be my family. Unfortunately, they gave me the opposite of that. They were kind of just like, we don't even want to touch that. We don't think it's a thing. All you need is your family to get through anything. Um, so then I was like, all right, so like I'm never going to understand this unless I study it. So I went into studying what are the benefits of mental health services? What is psychology? Um, what is this all about? And what I found is that it's important to seek mental health services or just family therapy in general because when you don't know anything than what you have known for x amount of years in my case 24 years it becomes difficult to imagine anything outside Mm -hmm. of that and if there's no imagination for change there can be no change so my going to school allowed me to imagine something better um and when you bring that then to your home, you start seeing the change occur, positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. So it's it's families and relationships in general are always trying to achieve a homeostasis, so a consistent state, somewhere yeah. where everyone is comfortable. But once somebody starts going to therapy or somebody starts receiving an education on mental health services or therapy or, you know, whatever the case may be, and they bring that information back into the system, it like throws a wrench and everything and everyone's like, what the heck is going on? And it freaks everyone out. That was my experience at least. But it could also be a tool. So it could also serve as an inspiration to want to continue to learn about that or want to continue to understand that. So I think that's a long-winded answer. Um, But ultimately, I feel the benefit of therapy is that it allows your family unit to imagine something beyond Mm -hmm. what it already is. And that's not to say that what it already is is not great. It can be great and you can love it. But there's always room for improvement in any case. Exactly. You know, it's so funny that you, like, say this because um, my my sister... um, I, I like honestly I don't know too much about any of this stuff but mm-hmm. I know that my sister is um getting her master's also right now in Aurora and I think she's trying to do what Denise is right now mm-hmm. um and so I come from a family that you know we don't talk about therapy you know my mom is very much like you need to be strong 24 mm-hmm. 7 so my sister coming in with the knowledge she has she personally going to therapy and then kind of bringing that back home, it was like, it's chaos, mm-hmm. you know? And especially now that I, I sold my home, we're living with my parents because we're trying to buy our next home, and I'm living with them, and I'm like in a different 
part of my life now, a new chapter. Right. You know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. And she brings this in and it's so hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. And we've never been through um, family therapy. I, I think it would be very beneficial. I think we would find out a lot of stuff <laughs> if we went through it. But um, it's, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. And I don't want to get in the mindset like my parents do but sometimes and I can't help myself because sometimes I'm just like stop analyzing me you know Mm -hmm. because I feel that way or I don't know I just I guess I just never want to be wrong I don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know I have to take on that like it it is very helpful though the things that she says and the things that she's learning and bringing it home it's really helpful and I'm and I am kind of glad about it just because with me having a daughter like I Mm -hmm. want her to be able to be able to talk about it, you know, right. whatever the situation is. Definitely. So, yeah, that I think, um, just like you mentioned, uh, when I started again, when I was in the field, well, began being in the field, also I'm a therapist as well. Um, and then I started receiving therapy myself. I was so surprised in how much I started to understand my upbringings about, I started to understand why, my brother behaved a certain way, like mm-hmm. after my parents divorce, about how I behaved a certain way towards like my brother, towards my mom, my dad. It just like all made sense and it felt such relief. Right. Like it's validating. Yes. Yeah. Like it's I like, remember it's not in my head, I'm not <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah. I had so many like breakthroughs like through some of my like therapy sessions. Right. And I remember like I it was just this like weight off on my shoulders like there was a there was a time where I felt like a really bad sister because I was very strict with my brother um after my parents divorce but then just like talking about it in like therapy it just like made me understand like I was taking out my dad's role mm-hmm. because he wasn't there yeah you know and That's just all crazy. the yeah That's like really and, and I never thought about it like that I it never hit me like this whole time because my brother and I like we had a very bad relationship because he was always like you know, like, I, I wasn't, like, a sister to him. Like, you're so strict to me. You're, like, a stepmom to me. Like, he would say all these things wow. to me. And I, like, and, it, and I would get hurt because I'm, like, I just want the best for you. Like, I yeah. love you. Like, I want to take care of you. But I didn't realize literally until my adult years and when I was a therapist myself and mm-hmm. when I went through therapy that I was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, when my dad left and he was, like, you have to take care of your brother I took it on like, all right, like, right. you know, kind of like, I, I was kind of my dad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously, like, I felt like horrible too, you know, because I was like, oh my God, my poor brother, like he needed a sister. But then, but then I was like, my therapist said, like, it's not your fault. Like, you know, you like loved your dad, like, will love your dad. You know, you looked up to him and you saw his pain not being there. So you were like, in your head, you're like, I need to like step up. Like, I need to make sure that I'm there for my brother like my dad would be but I'm not the parent you know mm-hmm. I'm just, so it's it's crazy like it really is like you right. it, it's so and I'm not here to like promote therapy either like that's <laughs> why let me tell you that it works yeah <laughs> like it really does work and it's 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 awesome so that's parentification parentification yes mm-hmm. I'm saying that right mm-hmm. yeah and when you give the words to people it further legitimizes the experience that they went through and they can further look into that experience so i'm sure you know that word um 
but that's kind of what I do. Like when I'm in the therapy room, I'll recognize certain things that are happening and I'll give my client the word for it. Like, oh, that that's what you're being parentified. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you feel about you taking on this role? And I won't necessarily name the role. I'll let them explore it. Yeah. So that's another thing with therapy. I think people are under the misunderstanding that we're going to tell you yes. what's going on. Yeah. Like, that you're you have your dad. For everything. No. Like, like, I'm yeah. sure your therapist didn't tell you necessarily, no. like, you're your dad. You were kind of like, wait a no. minute. No. It like, literally, am I my dad? She, like, <laughs> dude, she was literally just like, you know, there, calm, sitting calmly. And I felt like I was kind of reading her mind. <laughs> like, you know? And then I w- it was just like one thing after another. And then she just kind of like kept like, uh-huh, keep going, yeah. you know, type of thing. And then I was like, <gasps> and then I just like started crying. And then she just like, take a moment, yeah. you know? And then it just all made sense. And then right. I'm like, oh my God. Like, what? And that's the thing about therapy. The client is the most useful tool in the room. And yeah. the therapist is kind of just there to assist whatever yeah. the client is looking to build. Um, and I think that kind of lessens how scary therapy is because I think when you go into any other type of just general help, you know, medically speaking, you're expecting the person who's helping you out, let's say the doctor or the dentist, whatever, to be the expert and you kind of just sit there and have it be done to you, you know what I mean? But in therapy, you're you're more involved in it all. Mm -hmm. So you have agency over what's going on. I guess that can make it scarier and not at the same time because it is it is tough to get into it um it is it really is um i i'm hopeful that people that go into therapy hopefully they have a good therapist that they can relate to that they can feel like okay this person like understands me it's not judging me and then obviously you and i marcel Mm -hmm. as therapists you know we always like to be that person you know right. that you know can make them feel comfortable can make the whole process definitely as easy as like smooth as possible but i'm also comfortable with knowing that i'm not everyone's therapist i know that not everyone is going mm-hmm. to feel the most comfortable with me and i know that i'm not going to be the most effective yeah for everyone yeah. i come across and i would much rather they seek somebody who is i'm not gonna lie like that has hurt my feelings before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I work, I work with kids and yeah. um, I work with adolescents and same thing, you know, like I introduce myself and everything and then I tell them like, mm-hmm. if you don't feel comfortable with me, I, there's other therapists here and then you feel free to like meet them and whoever is going to be best fit for mm-hmm. my client. I, uh, when I started working, like, I, I had everyone, like, my kids, they got along with me, and they were excited to see me, and it was just so great, and then I came across this girl, and I'm like, I don't think she liked me, and I could tell, like, she wasn't, you know, connecting with me, and I, I felt bad, like, my first time it happened, yeah. I felt crappy, yeah, I was like, oh my god, like, I suck at this, like, it was, and then obviously I had to go to therapy for it, you know, like, <laughs> when I was like, oh, like, I don't think I'm fit for this job, and it, I just, it just, it was the first time that happened, and it just, it, it was a really bad feeling for me, I'll be honest, it really was, and I think it was because I was so used to everyone being so happy to come and see me, and then I had this girl that would look at me like, oh, you again, mm-hmm. like, oh. and I'm like, girl, it's me, like, you're happy yeah. to see me, like, I'm happy to see you, <laughs> and uh, finally, like, I, I just, I had to tell her, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I talked to, with her and her mom, and I'm like, 
I don't think I'm the best fit for her mm -hmm. and that's okay and we can let her you know go in and speak to other therapists but she didn't end up coming back to me afterwards. Nice. Yeah, it was six months later, but she did. She nice. requested me. Her mom told me she requested me, and she came back, and she talked to me, and then I didn't feel like a failure anymore. But those six months, though, like, my little heart was broken. Oh, but it's, it's tough. But it's so true, though. Yeah, you're not always going to be the best fit for them. Mm -hmm. You hope that you are, and you, you want to just be there for your client, and... But it, it's a crappy feeling. Mm -hmm. I just I just need a lot of love in those six months because <laughs> I did not feel happy about myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's difficult work. So then yeah. when you're presented with challenges like that, like I don't know, I think we're like helpers yeah. by nature. You know, we want to help. So when someone's like, I want your help, you're like, yeah. What the heck? Like I want to <laughs> help you. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. Um, so one of the things that we talked about before. We started the podcast is just us getting to know each other. Um, we're both bilingual. And mm -hmm. so ultimately in our agencies, we say we both work with um, our Latino families, you right. know, different Latino families that come in. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about your struggles with that, with family therapy, because let me tell you, girlfriend, individual therapy. Oof, like, <laughs> yeah. It's hard. So I... Those. Like I said, I was working with adolescents. I haven't started my new job yet. I'm really excited. Um, but I know that it's going to be similar through the interview process. Um, I made sure that it kind of aligned with what I know how to do, what mm -hmm. I'm comfortable doing. So working with adolescents, you kind of have to work with the parents anyway. Yeah. Because no change happens unless the parents are involved. Because unfortunately, that adolescent is not in charge of what's going on exactly in their life to the degree to which an adult is um so i guess i'm sorry what was the question <laughs> no like what are your struggles with, what are my struggles uh, yeah with latino family okay yeah that's where i was going i was like overwhelmed um by all my <laughs> <Okay>. notes <laughs> but basically the struggles with that are that I mean, there's a lot, you know, like yeah. where to start because there are some parents who are very removed from the therapeutic process and don't want to be a part of it at all, right. whether it's because they feel like they're going to be judged, whether it's because they're scared of what's going to be said to them, um, you know, the presence of DCFS yeah. is always lingering. I have found, especially with my Latino clients, um, Especially because a lot of them aren't documented. Yeah. So yeah. the agencies oftentimes will let you know. Well, not even the agencies. That's not true. This was my experience in my graduate program. Um, that whenever we suspected corporal punishment um, or any, not even just corporal punishment, but anything that may be considered abuse, we would have to report it to DCFS. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, we're yeah. mandated reporters. That makes perfect sense. But... When a child is telling me that they're being spanked um, by their mother, and y how do you navigate that? You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you navigate what is abuse, what isn't? Like, how do you really break it down? And then how do you weigh out the consequences? Because if this mother is trying her best wholeheartedly to discipline this child, and all that she has at her disposal is corporal punishment, mm -hmm. how... Obviously, there's a lot of psychoeducation, and I do work with my parents to try and find alternatives mm -hmm. or to find alternatives. Um, but when I would report these things to my graduate program or when we would do case consultation, they'd be like, call DCFS. And it's like, you can't, 
you can't just call DCFS yeah. all willy-nilly um, yeah. when dealing with the population that I'm working with. Exactly. Because, yeah, maybe she she loves her son. She doesn't mean to hurt yeah. him, the, whatever the case may be. And now she's being deported for yeah. it, possibly. Like, yeah. the the consequences. And like we said, sometimes, uh, like, a lot. you know, with um, Latinos and, like, you know how we were talking earlier that that's all they know. That's, like, you yeah. know, what they were taught what was done to them mm-hmm. so even though for us it's like oh my god like you you know you beat them for them it's like this is this is how like we do things you know mm-hmm. like this is how we discipline like they don't see it as anything wrong but so in something like that like how do you navigate or how do you navigate or help the parent to see that that maybe isn't the right educating them mm-hmm. thing to do like you actually said something which i thought was so beneficial um before we started recording that um if they're too young to not understand right so that? that's something that i always throw out there it's like my like little line <laughs> but i haven't said it in so long because like we were talking about i haven't practiced in almost six months now just because i was so um what is the word for it? Burned out. Yeah. I was I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was so... I didn't think that was a thing. You know? Oh, because yeah. when you have immigrant parents, they're like, what is burnout? Like, yeah. Like, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom didn't let me stop going to school mm-hmm. until I got my master's. Um, so I went from high school to college to my master's. Like, boom, boom, boom. And I chose a field that is kind of a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. to take on, right? Um, And then in the times that I was taking it on, it was even heavier. So I... um, Dang it, I don't know why I keep losing my train of thought. It's okay. (laughs) The phrase that you um, said. Right. So, yeah, but how did I get to where I am now? About the... For now? Yeah. (laughs) I was super burned up. You haven't had you have oh, yeah. this since you've been burned out. I'm going to think away. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, so I haven't practiced in six months, so I typically know this phrase off, you know, off the top of my head. But when I was telling you, I was even tripping over it. But basically, when it comes to corporal punishment, if your child doesn't know why they're being hit, they probably aren't understanding the reason that you're hitting them for Mm -hmm. and if they do know why it is that you're hitting them then they probably can comprehend a conversation between the both of you about what's going on obviously a developmentally appropriate conversation you know Mm -hmm. you speak to different ages in different ways um but yeah, it's I just, like that. I'm gonna use that yeah. when my client, like, well, parents that I work with, I right. like that. Yeah, I, I, I really liked when you said that because, um, well, I'm a mom to a one and a half year old little girl, and um, me growing up, I did get spanked, mm-hmm. and I think that, um, without trying to put too much information of my life out there, I think that. I don't think it was right, and I also don't think it was right for how long I got it for. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, for the age that I was at a certain time, I was like, okay, you need to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my daughter now, and because I, I am living with my parents while we look for our next home, it's so hard for me to, first of all, learn myself a different way than I was taught. Right. And then to do that in front of my parents who this is all they know right you know so it has been something really hard for me to to navigate through um and I, I am very lucky that my husband is very much like 
you're right. I don't want our kid Mm -hmm. to go through what we went through. So we need to figure out a different way. So I do a lot of research on how I can, you know, talk to her and how I can explain that, you know, that's not something we do or this is the right way to, you know, doing it. This is not, you know, you don't have... There's different ways of doing things. So it, it's been pretty hard. Um, I mean, even the toys, you know, I right. I don't even let my, it sounds so bad, like, but the toys I played with, I don't let my kid play with. Mm-hmm. There's a different type of toy that I let her play with because of educational value behind it. And mm-hmm. my parents are constantly up my booty <laughs> on why are you giving her that way? You didn't mm-hmm. play with toys like that. Or, you know, why are you telling her this when you she needs to get spanked? Or, you know, just mm-hmm. things like that. And, and I'm sure just they like, tell you, like, but, you know, we did this to you and you came out fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That was another thing, too, because my siblings are very much, like, they're very spoken on, like, telling my parents, you did this to me and mm-hmm. I'm very upset that you did this to me. And I'm the type of person that I am so loyal to my my family and especially to my parents especially to my father that I cannot get it out that says I'm so upset that you even laid a finger on me Mm -hmm. you know so it's been um that's been really hard and then say that again what did you say about no it's okay um about how like parents say like you know um when they when they're telling you like with your child like okay like you know you need to do this this way and you're like no and they're like but we did it to you and you turned out fine yeah and, and I did turn out fine I'm I'm a very um I I think I turned out fine you know I, I, I turned out fine I feel like I'm thriving you know <laughs> but I do feel that certain things that they did do was just not okay yeah you know and even though I'm sitting here and you know like I got all my body parts intact mm-hmm. and you know I'm thriving and You're healthy, you know you know yeah. all those good things I'm still mad that you did certain things because I think you could have addressed it a different way. And I'm assuming now especially that you have your own daughter, yeah. you're like I could never. Yeah, do I could that never. To, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I could never. I and I would and my parents are always like, "Well, if you leave her with me, like I'm going to do it the way that I did it with you." And I'm just like, "Literally no." <laughs> yeah. Like if you think you're going to lay a finger on that little girl, no. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Thankfully, they just adore her so much that they won't do it. But they are very easily to pick at me when I don't do it. Right. You know? So it's it's been pretty hard, (laughs) let me tell you. That sounds really tough. And it's interesting when you're talking about your your dad and how you could never tell him that you think that what he did in some instances was wrong. You know, you're, you're like, I could never even say that to him. Yeah. But you're communicating that to him. And you're communicating him, in your communication to him, that you don't want him to behave that way towards your daughter that's true so even though you're not saying the words that's still being communicated to both of your parents Mm -hmm. that certain things that they did were wrong and that probably stings a little bit yeah and i mean i'm gonna be very honest i I don't know why i'm like this but when i do see that they notice that i don't want that to happen to her and i see like them be a little like well why not you know Mm -hmm. like I I thought I did a pretty good job it really does hurt me because I'm Mm -hmm. in the mindset that both of my parents came from a different country my dad has been working his ass off all his life just to give me everything I've ever wanted and for him to like be you know sad that I 
didn't you're like doing things yeah, the way he did I, or... it, it really does bother me but then I'm just I always have to remind myself it's just it's just not what I want for my daughter mm-hmm. you know so right. it's, it's been really hard very hard yeah it's crazy I mean parents I mean with our parents they're wrong too you know yes yeah. just because their parents doesn't mean that they did everything right and... I think parents are hyper aware that they are oftentimes in the wrong Really? I well, think so. I think that for myself. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're a parent now. Uh, yeah. Because so. <laughs> when I do something or say something, I'm like, oh, man, I could have so done that a lot yeah. better. But when I think about my parents, I think they were just like, nah, like I, you know, I'm, I, everything I did was right. But I don't, I can't see them ever saying I did something wrong. Like yeah, I don't think same they with that. Like, like I know, like I'm thinking like a couple things like with my mom. And, like, I don't think this lady gets it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, because I I know there was, like, times, like, I, like, confronted her about mm-hmm. things. And she straight up was looking at me like, girl, you crazy. Like, I'm mm-hmm. right. And I'm like, really, mom? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. don't you, like, get it? Like, right. you did this. This is not right. And she just yeah. is like, no. Like, well, I think this is where family therapy comes into play because there's probably different things that are being communicated and understood. So what you're communicating to her is probably not being understood in the way that she would want it to be. Honestly, yeah. I don't think it helps that I'm a therapist because yeah. <laughs> yeah. then she's just is like, because I, I actually, there was a, I'm in as an adult, like there's just, before I moved out, um, there was a couple things going on and I remember I like even told my mom, like, listen lady, like, let's do family therapy like are you i'm down you down and she's like i'm not down so (laughs) she did not want to um but it just because i I could feel that like things that i was learning through my therapy like Mm -hmm. i was like but this this you know and she just was looking at me like no like because to her yes i you know have like i'm a therapist i have a master's degree but she's the mom and she knows everything you know she knows more type of thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah, she was just not down, and I was like, okay, well, then I gotta move out because I love you, and I don't want you know us yeah. being here to ruin our relationship. And I moving out definitely um, has brought us closer because we were just not like right. getting along about certain things or understanding each other. And unfortunately, she wasn't willing to want to understand, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, I I mean, I don't know. Like we talked about, it could be the culture, you know. She mm-hmm. just wasn't. Yeah you know, like, willing, open to therapy, even though, I mean, she's super supportive of me being a therapist, and, like, well, she's not supportive <laughs> of the fact that I got a job that doesn't pay a lot, but <laughs> she's like, you could have been a doctor, or whatever. I'm like, no, I get sick from seeing blood, no. <laughs> yeah. um, but she's always been super supportive about just me, you know, being a professional and my education and everything. But as far as, like, when it comes to, like, me knowing things related to her, she's like, but I'm the mom. Like, I raised you. You're mm-hmm. born because of me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like It's tough. It's difficult to navigate. Um, I think my parents are also really proud of me for the work that I do. But my dad consistently just talks crap about therapy and, like, los yeah. locos and, like, yeah. que se necesita eso, like... You know, and it's it's like you're literally invalidating the work that I'm doing. That's that's even my though stepdad. you're not telling me that directly. That's literally like, my stepdad. Yeah. Like my dad is not like that at all. He's super supportive of it. Um, my stepdad is like that. I tell him I'm like, dude, you're just like really old. Like he's getting grumpy old. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm like I can't even listen to you because if I like literally listen, 
I get so heated and I just, I'm like, oh, like I want to like blow up. But so I'm in my head, I'm like, he's old, he's grumpy, like, okay, yeah. Because yeah, he's the same way. He's like, oh, like everyone is this and he like knows everything. And I'm like, nah, dude, <laughs> like, no. But I also wonder about why it is that a lot of people are so stuck in their ways when talking about Latino families, because I think that's what we know the most. Yeah. That's why I bring it up. You know, we, we're coming, our parents or the generations before us are coming from countries in which things were ran completely different. You know, mm-hmm. things were understood in a completely different way, both in language and just unspoken understandings. And so when coming to this country, they're trying to hold on to bits and pieces of yes. that while at the same time trying to prosper in a country that's completely different in how it operates and then they have us and we're kind of a mix between yes both we are so it's like what the heck you know and we take bits and pieces of what is provided to us but that's all it is it's bits and pieces so it's just a process of like putting this weird puzzle together of how it is that we're going to identify with our parents who are from somewhere else you know Mm. despite them having raised us in this country it's just completely different what we understand and what they understand and yeah how to communicate that that's so true and then also us being like marginalized as communities of color we are already so underserved in everything yeah (laughs) so obviously mental health unfortunately falls into that and it's extremely stigmatized for us to fall into into that kind of you know into that help because one it's it's not available to us right it's not readily available to us so you have to do a bunch of stuff to get to it and then once you finally get into it it can be expensive you know so then your parent has to deal with oh my gosh we're paying for this bill and you don't even need this or you don't Mm -hmm. you know why are you going to someone to tell you what's wrong with you or why don't you work it out with us etc etc so then that adds on to the stigma and then also a lot of times therapists I think this is a really white field. It is. Right. It really is. So, unfortunately, therapists can lack cultural sensitivity, and that further turns off our families and our parents. And that's another thing, you know, when it comes to Latino families, it's not just our parents who we have to satisfy or our siblings, but our larger extended family because we're collectivistic in nature Mm -hmm. so it extends beyond the nuclear family the nuclear family being the parents and the siblings we take into account our tias our tios our grandparents our cousins so it's it's a lot to take on when talking about uh, a family of color in my opinion in my experience yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i agree you know you um going back to what you mentioned that um you know our parents coming over here to a whole different country but trying to hold on to the culture and values from mm-hmm. the country that they grew up and we we were talking before um the pod before our recording and um we were kind of talking about finding um individualism is that yes. how you said that individualism yeah uh, from my family because like we had mentioned um we are so our parents teach us that like you know our family mm-hmm. is you know the how did you say it? Like our family is um, the only people that we really need, mm-hmm. you know? So it's really hard, you know, growing up, it's 
my parents were very strict, very strict. My father was a very strict man. And um, I don't know how I'm a daddy's girl, but he's... I know. <laughs> I don't know dude. how I'm a daddy's girl, but, um, you know, just thinking about all of that stuff. And um, I'm, like I've mentioned before, I'm such, I'm very loyal to my family, but I'm making a big change in my life where I want to get away from my family, mm-hmm. you know, because I need to find out who I am without them. And um, so I kind of want to leave to a whole nother state, but... And it's so sad because sometimes I think about it and I just feel like, wow, I think I could be really successful without them next to me, which sounds so bad. And it's so crazy to me because like <laughs> you said, you're so close to them. You're such a yes. daddy's girl that yeah. like, I like me knowing you for so many years, like when you told me that I was like, what? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's something I would see from me, not you, <laughs> you know? But then yeah. I'm the opposite that like I... You know, obviously, I don't live with my family anymore. Yeah. I've always been super independent, just go and do my thing. But then when, like, anyone has brought up, of like, oh, would you ever live somewhere else? I'm like, no. <laughs> I could never live my, leave my family. Like, I need to be by them, you know, yeah. type of thing. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. But just I think like, what we highlighted from that conversation is that you are able to vocalize your boundaries and you're able to yeah. set them in place. Yeah. Whereas she's talking about how it's really difficult for her to put yeah. her foot down with her parents. So she actually has to create a physical boundary, that being like a state line. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Can't you just go to like, you know, I don't I know, can't. an I hour just, away? I can't. And you know what's so funny is that, you know, we're, we're just trying it out to see like, is that like going to be our permanent like home? Is that where we're going to have our next, you know, kids kind of thing? But I don't know why. Yes, I am very scared of it. You know, it's a new thing for me. But I just feel that without my family next to me, I think I could be super successful. Really? Yeah. Like, and not just successful in money, but just, I don't know. Like, I that's I, so <laughs> crazy. I, again, like, I know. I feel like, like, for example, with me, like, even now that I'm working on, like, this next step in, like, my career... I sometimes just need to, like, call my dad because I need a little, like, cheer. Like, I need a, like, you can do it, mija, like, type of thing, you know? Like, for him to tell me again how I'm, like, the best thing ever and I'm perfect, like, I need that, you know? Just that. And and I'm like, yeah, that's right. And then I just, like, keep going. Like, I feel like it's his words that are making me successful. Like, you know, just, like, him, like, telling me, like, how he believes in me and how I got this and how I'm so smart and stuff that, like... I'm like, yeah, that's what I need. Like, if other people say it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But then, like, if my family says it, it's, like, just, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're right. Like, I got this. Yeah. You know what? I I just think that um, it's not like my family goes and tells me, oh, you're, you're never going to be successful. What are you doing with that? No, it's just more that we all have so many different opinions, so many thoughts of how to live your life you know my parents are traditional and then I got my sister who's like studying all this stuff and then I'm trying to figure out what I want to be as a wife as a mother as an individual person period Mm -hmm. and it's just so many voices that I'm just like I'd rather go over there and call you just to see hey how you doing okay because right now it just feels like Everyone you need has a break an issue. from the voices. Yeah, I just need a break. break. Yeah. You, yeah, you're kind of like painting this picture in which the voices are constantly surrounding you. Yeah. 
but once it is that you move away you can call that voice yeah. at your time when you need it instead yeah. of having constantly to be sitting in it yeah I think I could be really successful. <laughs> <laughs> well, and well, if I don't... I'm sorry? Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, I think I could be very successful without them. <laughs> but, I mean, I could be wrong. You know, I could be coming back to Chicago or, you know, coming back to the suburbs and I may just stay here. But, I mean, I definitely need to go figure it out. And I might be gone for six months, a year. Who knows? I'm hoping for the rest of my life. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see, you know? What role do you think you play in your family? If you had to assign a role to yourself. Um, I think I, I take care of everybody. Okay. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. That makes sense why you're overwhelmed. You can't yeah. be in I, everything. You know? I feel like I'm taking care of everybody, everybody's problems. And, you know, it's so funny because yesterday I was like talking to my husband on his way home and I'm telling him everything that I'm doing, you know, for my sister, my nephew, my parents are out of town. And so I have things to do for them and... And I'm just, like, telling him everything. He gets home, and he works a labor job. Mm -hmm. And he's gone from, like, 6 in the morning and doesn't come back to 7 or 8. And he comes back, and he goes, thank you so much for everything you do. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, thank you so much for everything you do. Oh, my God, I'm about to cry. Um, But I was just like, you come home after doing a labor job, and you're saying thank you to me for all the work Mm -hmm. I do, that it just, it made me so realize how much I need to get away mm-hmm. you know so it's just so you can focus on yourself yeah and your family yeah and like I said like just what you want to do for yourself because yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and yeah it's, it's I mean hard. for all the people that live in your house it's a small ass house I've yeah. been there like yeah, you need some space girl yeah yeah so, so true are you the oldest the eldest um, daughter yeah, I'm the oldest daughter. Okay. Yeah. That happens. In Latino <laughs> yeah. families, the eldest daughter kind of takes on yeah. that oh. caregiver role. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we're really appreciative and proud of yeah. the role that we play in our family. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, it could also build resentment. Yeah. Because it's a lot. No, it is a lot. And I love that you just said that because... I try so hard not to create resentment because mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to be that person because I need to I know that I can leave mm-hmm. and separate myself mm-hmm. you know I also feel like I'm the problem because I just keep saying yes 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 to everything and no 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 I'll fix it for you kind of thing so in a sense I'm like no you're the problem too because you don't you're not creating a boundary Right. So that's why I literally have to, like, physically <laughs> move the other side of the country so I can get away. Dude, you know what that reminds me of? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, like we mentioned, we're sorry, sisters. Uh, when we were, when we had, like, chapters, when we were undergrad, <laughs> that's how she was in chapter. Like, oh, yeah. she, we would have an event, and, she, and she'd be like, and then we're like, okay, who's going to do this? I'll take care of it. She, this will be my, I'll do that. Okay, then we'll go that. Okay, who's going to do I can do that too. I'll pick it up on the way. She literally would just like be like, you know what? I'll just do everything. Because like she just like wanted to like make sure it got done yeah. and didn't want to like, you know, like for someone that like mm-hmm. say like they couldn't do it for whatever reason or it was going to struggle. She's like, I'll just do it all. Like yeah. literally like she was like doing that all the time. Like she just took on it. She just took on it. And that's like how she literally was. And unless she was like comfortable with you, she would like be like, Hey, like, you know, can you kind of help me with this? Yeah. But if she wasn't, 
she, it didn't matter if she had to stay up till whatever in the morning, mm-hmm. yeah. she would just get it done. And I'll be like, girl, like, we could do it too. Or like, or I, or like, even when I wasn't an undergrad anymore, I'd be like, dude, why didn't she do it? She said, no, it's fine. I'll just do it. Like, I'll just get it done. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But, and you know what's so funny? Towards the end of like my senior year, I literally told the president, I'm like, you know what? I don't see anybody else helping or eager to help. I'm not going to help anymore. And they're literally like, it's okay, Myra. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to. <laughs> you guys are okay doing it? Like, you guys want to do it? Okay. You know, so that was a good relief, but. Yeah, yeah when you're is. literally like a month away from graduating. <laughs> but oh. so true. Um, but as we were like trying to end this, um, we want to start talking about like why did you get into this field? Yeah. So I got into the field. I think I touched on it a little bit yeah. because loved ones, I saw loved ones suffering with, with mental health issues and I didn't understand them, nor did I believe in them. Mm-hmm. I think even now... Um, I feel like that's kind of difficult to say out loud, especially, you know, somewhere where it's being recorded. But I think even now, I really struggle with um, just the validity of how difficult it is to have a mental health illness or Mm -hmm. a trauma or just anything. Because for 24 years, it's been, I've internalized that you can just get through it, you know, because your your family said you can just get through it. And, you know, um, medication is something that my family was always very against as well. Um, And my sister actually was um, taking antidepressants and they were helping her. I saw them helping her, but then at one point they were hindering her. So it was kind of like, what the heck? You know, like, it's just so... It's not black and white at all. It's Mm -hmm. extremely gray. And after... You know, I'm 24 years old. I've grown up in a Mexican-American household for 24 years. So all of these things that my family has told me, I have to actively unlearn every single day um, that I'm working the job that I do. Because... First, you know, like you were talking to me about how you want to move and you want to leave the state and you think it'll be better for your mental health. And I can hear I can hear you. You know, I I appreciate that you want to make that change, that you are eager to do so as an individual. But when I look at you as a Latina, as my sorority mm-hmm. sister, I'm like, don't leave your family. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I you told know that. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. that's it's not my place to yeah. do that. As a professional, as a, as exactly. a therapist. Exactly, I know. Oh, you know? it's so hard. So then you're constantly, it's called cognitive dissonance. Yeah. It's when you are constantly butting heads with yourself at oh, this wow. point because you went to school and your books and your professors and the discussions that you've had say something completely different than what is being uttered in your home. That's so true. Oh my God. So it's so hard. It's so crazy that you mentioned that because I've definitely had conversations with some family members um where I, I just i take out you know that therapist role and i'm like explaining all these things and yeah they told me that they're like well we've never gone through that like all this family they've never had therapy like or they'll give me like examples of like different people and and then i start like kind of doubting myself then mm-hmm. you know or i'm like well and they're like yeah you just get through it you keep going like type mm-hmm. of thing and then like i literally have found myself a couple times where i'm like well yeah i guess but then i'm like okay well was that person even happy 
Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I mean, yeah, maybe they were they're a strong person and they got through it, but, like, what if they just lived a miserable life? Like, what if they would have gotten that help, mental health, mm-hmm. health and they would have lived a happier life? Oh, my gosh. I think about that so much about my, like, all my abuelas yes, and all my tias. Too. Oh, my God, me because too. Because they're constantly, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, if it's just my family, but our tias and abuelas are constantly in pain. Yeah. They're constantly complaining about a physical pain, yeah. at least in my family. And a lot of times, I believe it to be Marianismo. Do you know what Marianismo is? No. It's a term that I learned in undergrad when I was taking a Latino psychology class. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows about machismo. Mm-hmm. So machismo is like a huge, you know, everyone knows. We yeah. talk about it. Marianismo is within that vein. So Maria is in it. And when you think of Maria, you think of La Virgen Maria, Latino culture. And it's this expectation of this woman to be a caregiver. Um, So to prioritize the family and then her. So everyone else before her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what a lot of Latina women do. Yeah. They prioritize the heck out of their family to the point to which they've neglected themselves. Oh my God, yes. And that's where a lot of that like complaining comes about Mm -hmm. from what i have read from what i have seen um one it could be the manifestation of uh, somatic symptoms so somatic symptoms are when you're going through mental hardship Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like not listening to it you're like whatever like i'm gonna get through it you know yeah as we do as we said we do um and then your body's just like no like i'm serious i'm not okay you know like you're you're mentally i'm not okay so it's like you're not gonna listen to the voice inside your head that's telling you that you need to get help i'm gonna start doing things to your body and then you're gonna have to slow down because your body at this point is not operating in the way that it should and that's where a lot of that comes from so it makes a lot of sense yes it makes a lot of sense and that's another thing that i think people don't understand it's we as people are not just bodies you know we are an entirety we are body soul heart and mind so when you neglect any one of these parts there is a consequence Mm -hmm. and i think that the one we neglect the least is the body yeah because it's what we use to work what we use to survive um we just take it for granted yeah right but when it comes to the mind, it's like, we're kind of like, oh, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's when your body starts to break down. In certain cases, I have, um, when I learned about somatic symptoms, all I could think about was my tias. Because that's another thing. When you're physically not able to do things, that's when you're able to take a break. And um, I noticed that in my grandmother. She just recently had surgery. Um, and my grandfather had to do everything for himself for the first time in God knows how long. <laughs> and so my grandma had a break and she was like, I'm going to go to the hospital every month so I can oh always gosh. have a vacation, you know? And it's like, they're jokes. But then I yeah. do I do think about like, what if mental health services were available to our tias and our grandmothers yeah. and just the older people in our life who are just so determined to believe that they can just get through things just yeah. because you know just yeah. because they got through being an immigrant or being a young parent or being a person of color mm-hmm. being lower socioeconomic status all those things come with a lot of hardship and trauma and it it there's no shame in needing treatment for it you know mm-hmm. and i think one of the ways that i have grown to normalize therapy is that i'm just taking an hour out of the day out of the week not even the day Mm -hmm. i'm taking one hour out of the week to think about me to talk about me and to figure out how i'm feeling 
how I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's not wrong. Exactly. Why is that wrong? We go to the gym for an hour. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why not sit down and talk about what's going on for one hour with somebody who is willing to hear you out, who's willing to help you, who's mm-hmm. licensed, who is educated mm-hmm. in that field? So that's that's one of the ways that I have tried to ease myself into into therapy because that's another thing, self-disclosure. I've never been to a therapist um, just because for 24 years of my life, I've been told that that's not what we do. And um, as I said in the beginning, I came into this field to learn about what is being done so that I could do better. Mm -hmm. So now that I am going to be starting my job and I'm working with heavy trauma, I am definitely going to be getting a therapist. Good. Um, Good. And yeah, that's, that's, I hope I can encourage others if they're tinkering with the idea because I know it's scary. It Um, is. It it definitely, it definitely is scary. Um, But hopefully... With people listening to us um, in this episode, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, I know we talked about a lot of things and some of them maybe a little bit scary, but we can encourage them. Um, and I think that um, hopefully, you know, if you're able to, um, Marcella, make yourself available or and, and myself, I will, you know, if anyone has any questions individually, Definitely. they can send us a message um, and we'll be happy to help, um, whether it be just to give some guidance or something. Mm-hmm. Um maybe give like a recommendation or whatever you know it may be because I think that what we can do at this point is what we what you and I are doing just obviously like we said like with our abuelas with our tias I mean like if if we weren't able to get to them maybe we can Mm -hmm. get you know to other people the next generation um educate them and then we can keep this going because mental health is important it's super important yeah yeah. For sure, I would definitely be more than willing to refer people to any resources. Yeah. Um, or to have myself be a resource if you're looking to study mental health. Yeah, and she part. brought some great books that I took a picture of them, and I will be posting them on her Instagram. <laughs> um, so we can share that with you guys. Um, I'm actually really excited to um, purchase them and read them myself. Especially yeah. Or you can borrow one. them. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But we will be posting that. There's another one. You should include it in your caption because there's um, a free audiobook on YouTube. Oh. Have you... You've probably read it or you heard of it. The Body Keeps the Score. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a classic. It's awesome. Um, It just talks about trauma and it Mm -hmm. destigmatizes trauma. And I think that it's great for people to just be able to listen to it um, because I think it's kind of overwhelming when you're reading all these like psychological terms and you're like, what the heck? I can't even read this, but the guy just says it. So, yeah. like the narrator. So it's um it's a little bit more digestible and it's it's really nice to just educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if you're just dipping your toe into maybe I should go into therapy, you know, you can just pick up a book and like learn yeah. a couple things just learn even about on it. your own. Yeah, just learn yeah. about it. Um if you know people in the field, just you know, ask questions. Yeah. I'm always free to um like if people just wondering about something um I, I i love to listen i get paid for it yeah you know <laughs> so I, i'm good at it yeah um feel free to reach out but uh thank you so much yeah, for joining you. us thank I, you i really really enjoyed our conversation i think that mara and i had a free therapy session <laughs> oh, right now like she listened to all my problems <laughs> <laughs> um but hey 
you know, hopefully this will encourage other people. Yeah, you and, know? and if not, I mean, if anybody wants to move, you know, across the country with me, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> have you seen that meme? No. It's probably because I'm a therapist, so I have, like, therapist meme. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what did we say we do when we were feeling upset? And then they were like, we're going to book a ticket. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> or, or, like, like, or, like, flight booked. <laughs> I literally sent that to my coworkers because one of... um by coping skills yeah <laughs> is so my therapist um really quick one of my therapists one of my therapists one of the things that like she tells me it helps me get through my work and everything she's like always have something to look forward to yeah you know yeah. and she's just like you'll have like a really bad day but if you know that there's something exciting for yourself coming up like it's gonna really like help you motivate you and it's so true so before covid i literally had like little getaway trips even yeah, long weekend does. like Every like couple months, I every heard a few couple weeks. therapists say that Lucero says yeah. that. Yeah, and um, honestly, I think that's what's been able to help me be able to do this job. I've been doing this for three years with my internship. I did my internship there at the agency four years, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for that, honestly, I would have been burned out. I would have been like, girl, bye. Mm-hmm. But um, that's definitely helped me. So right now with COVID and I haven't been able to go nowhere, yeah. a girl is tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> that's a huge thing about our field. I think it's really emphasized self-care. And I think self-care has been commercialized. Mm-hmm. Like people think self-care is like going to a spa or something of buy a sort. candle. No. But it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> so self-care has been a huge thing that, like I have to do it yeah. now. You know what yeah. I mean? It's part of my job to yeah. take care it's part of, of Yeah, it's part of yeah, my job, my routine. I mm-hmm. need to do it. So true. Yeah. But I was pretty much that meme. Like it would be yeah. like <laughs> I would literally have like oh like really bad week, tough week. I would be like, Okay, I think it's the time. Let me start looking at tickets. Where am I going? <laughs> Who's down to come with me? I'm not even kidding. Last yeah. year, I went to Vegas like four times. I'm not wow. even kidding. Like, I'm not even kidding. But yeah. I'm also really good at like booking things and getting really good deals. Like, yeah. I'm, I love planning. Oh, that should be good. my side job, honestly. <laughs> what do you do for self-care, Myra? Self-care? Jeez. Um, I mean, I, it's just because like I feel like Ooh, self-care. I know what she does. <laughs> what? Amazon shop. Shopping. <laughs> okay. Um... I, I really like to read. So okay. anytime that, you know, after I put the baby down, I'm like, literally no one talked to me. I just want to read. Yeah. Um, yeah, shopping, taking care of myself. Because sometimes I'm a mom and I hate to like say this, but sometimes like I can't even get myself ready. So I I make sure to make that a priority. I believe you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> but I, I honestly just like try to just sit down and just like time for yourself. Yeah. I think yeah. even this podcast is a little bit of self-care yeah. for us. Yeah, Because we just, like, is. get away, and we yeah. just, like, if we have, like, fun topics, we're, like, laughing oh, and yeah. stuff. So thank you guys for listening, yeah. because you guys are part of our self-care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, That's awesome. But we hope that you can join us yeah. uh, another time. This was fun. Yeah. Very informative, and we yeah. appreciated it. You take the time to be here with us. Thank yes. you so much for having me. This is a huge reason as to why I came in to to the field as well just to be mm-hmm. able to converse with other women of color and make this information available to people of color in general i don't know what your um demographics are like but i'm assuming a lot of sisters yeah, yeah. Time, yeah. you know yeah. so i really yeah i just want to get it out as much as i as i possibly can because i know 
that unfortunately were not necessarily a priority exactly um within this field but you are to me and (laughs) to you you. thank you yeah um so hopefully we convinced her guys that she'll be joining us another time because we (laughs) loved having her um thank you so much sis for for being here and then uh, i'll just a little shout out to lucero for connecting us together networking thank you yes part of lta oh my gosh love it shout out my line sister Uh, (laughs) all right we will see you guys on a next episode of sipping on rosé with mayra and denise bye bye